So, do you know the slowest person, unbelievably, out of our 20 years? No. So, with, uh, I believe it's 7.4, 7.5 seconds is Alex Magos, okay. which, considering he's one of the world's strongest climbers, strongest fingers in the world, probably, um, he's actually the slowest speed competitor in terms of PBs. That's so, qualified for the Olympics. That's qualified for the Olympics, yeah. Not ever existing. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ask Lattice. Uh, today, me and Ollie are going to be talking about what to expect from the Olympics. So obviously it's the first uh, Olympics where we've got climbing in it and it's a really exciting time but there's quite a few elements of it that a lot of people don't know about. So we're going to try and cover some of the basics of what's going to happen in the Olympics and also some of the people that we're hoping to look out for. And um, I think there might be some surprise results so it'll be quite interesting. I've done a fair bit of research into the Olympics and the format and uh, the athletes as well. So I'll try and cover some of that. But Josh, you're relatively new to what's going on in terms of, obviously you follow the World Cups, don't you? But in terms of this Olympic setup, you're, you're not as clued up, are you? Uh, no, yeah. So I'd be interested to see what your predictions are and, and also explain a little bit about how it's going to work and the triple format that we're seeing. Yeah, and you might see me looking over here briefly. It's because I've got a whiteboard just with a few reminders on. There's a lot of names going in, particularly some that I haven't heard of either. So it's quite a good little trigger for me to remember who's who and where do they rank in what order. Um, so first of all, the, the format, I guess. We should go through that first. Yeah, so we've got the triple. We've got uh, lead, speed and boulder. Uh, but it's in a specific order, isn't it? And is it speed first? Yeah, so speed first. Yeah. Uh, then we go into boulder and then we go into sport. Okay. And... Um, it's interesting, isn't it? A lot of people are describing us as, as the climbing triathlon. Um, but when we're, for us as people that are really interested in the physiology, it is very different, isn't it? Like two of them are quite close and the other one's very separate. Yes, uh, but also I think the boulder has got that like much more, I want to say, problem-solving like skill element, thinking on your feet. But the speed is just a, a set climb which people have been competing on over and over and over again. So they'll have done it thousands of times. It's a bit like the 100 meter dash where it's the same course, it's fair playing field, everyone's just going at it. So this is kind of different to what we normally see as climbers, right? Yeah, and I think for us as well, what we mostly train people in, um, we do take into that problem solving element and you might even notice what's been put forward for the Paris 2024 Olympics of speed and boulder being separate and, sorry, speed and then lead and boulder being separate. And those two disciplines are very problem solving. And like Josh said, is about uh, trying to overcome some uh, mental challenges in terms of figuring out the problem and the beta, and also uh, trying to have the physicality of that. And then speed is execution of a pre, uh, pre-known, well, pre-known, already known uh, climb so that you've practiced it and you're executing on the day like a 100 meter sprint. Um, so yeah, it is speed first and I guess the way that it's going to run is we've got qualifiers for the men on the third and then the uh, women on the fourth. And then that's out of 20 climbers on each of those categories. So each of those uh, sexes. And then we've got on the fifth and on the sixth, we've got the same order. So men on the fifth, women on the sixth. And that's six men, six women in the final. So they're going to repeat speed, boulder and lead once more. 
uh, to make sure that they're going to be getting the overall results. So the difference here to the World Cup, if you follow the World Cup, is we're not having a semi-finals. There's, there's two rounds. The first round you go through is, is qualification yeah. for the finals and then straight into the finals. Exactly. So it goes from 20 to 6 in one cup. Exactly. And we're going to use the same scoring system on both of those. So uh, have, you, have you heard of the scoring system yet? Uh, I know you accrue a certain amount of points for where you place in that event. And it, is it the less points you get, the better? You want to go through with as little points? Yeah, yeah exactly. So like I said, qualifiers, you've got 20 women, 20 men. And pretty much your podium position is your point. And then what you're going to do is times that across the three disciplines. So if I was to get first in speed, first in boulder, and then first in men's, uh, in sport, that's going to be a score of one. So that's your, that's your perfect score, effectively. That's what everyone's after. But if you score uh, fifth, first, and second, you're going to get a score of 10, a position of 10. So the way it is you multiply each of your positions across that. And that is the same in the qualifiers and the final. So... Do you kind of see the obvious tactics here, maybe, on like how you could do well? So you obviously want the lowest multiplication in at least one of those rounds, right? So this is where it's interesting, where speed climbers or like people that have been specialised in that discipline have been placing really high on the, on the combined discipline, even if they're not quite doing the, the you know, as high a scoring in the other two rounds. Exactly, yeah. So we've got two different ways, really, to get a low score. You've got being a very, very top-level specialist. And like Josh said, pretty much if you score first, that's a, that's a mark of one. And then you've just got to multiply the other two scores. Um, or if you score in the sort of the podium positions, you've already got a low score there. So you can specialize loads. And that's why we've seen some speed climbers get through really well on these combined formats. Or you can be really good across the board. And that means you're going to get a mixture of combinations of scores. So if you score third, 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 but then first first and ninth, for example, then they're going to end up with the same scores. If I've figured out my calculations correctly, probably not. <laughs> third, third and first, and first, first and ninth. So there's a couple of different ways of doing it. Obviously, you can see that it gets quite complicated. So you need to follow it as you go along. And it's really important to kind of like make sure that you're not getting a really low score on any areas. So, so we cover speed first and what's involved. Yeah, so what, what is the speed event? It's, is it, am I right in saying it's 12 metres? 15. 15 metres. Yeah. And it's five degrees overhanging, yeah. I think. Um, and what, what are the sort of times we're seeing put down in this, in this 15 metre climb? So originally it's, um, it's around 6B plus, isn't it, is the, is the route. And, yeah. But if you do it in the fastest way possible, I believe I've been told it's around 8A plus in difficulty. So sport 8A plus grade, if you just use the holds that the actual guys use. The fastest competitors, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So to give you an idea, the world record is around 5.2 seconds. Um, And that's obviously pretty flipping fast, isn't it? But when we look across the board on who's involved in this 20 competitors, you'll notice that actually some of the people that you'd put your money on originally in the combined format with the boulder and sport are actually some of the slowest. So... Do you know the slowest person, unbelievably, out of our 20 years? No. So with, uh, I believe it's 7.5 seconds is Alex Magos, which considering he's one of the world's strongest climbers, strongest fingers in the world, probably, um, he's actually the slowest speed competitor in terms of PBs. 
That's so, qualified for the Olympics. That's qualified for the Olympics, yeah. Not ever at Lakeston. Okay. So 7.5 is still amazing. And in a lot of national competitions, that would do really, really well. But in this 20 competitors, he's seeded last as a speed competitor. 19th is Adam Andre. Oh, no way. So, so once again, we've got another person who is going to do extremely well in the other two disciplines, score him at the bottom of the ranking in the speed. So who are the other people that we're seeing as potential competitors for the overall ranking? It's someone like Tomoa. And he's going to have a score of 6.2. Seconds. 6.2 seconds, yeah, as a PB. Yeah. And I believe that comes out fifth out of the 20. So obviously someone who's already really good at boulder, pretty good at sport uh, or lead climbing, and he's done pretty well on speed as well. So obviously as a combined athlete, he's going to be very, very competitive. So you might you might correct me here, but I believe that like the second move in speed, which is often done by at least the male competitors, is called the Tomoa skip. Have you heard of this? Oh, I'm not sure I've heard of it. So, I thought it was the Reza, Reza skip. The Reza, okay, right. Maybe you can correct us in the comments if you know what the actual term for this is. But I thought it was the Tomoa skip. And this is where, as you were saying, it started off as it's about 6B plus in difficulty if you're just to climb it like in any way you want. But if you're climbing it the way these athletes are, they're skipping holds and they're doing like these crazy moves. So the Tomoa skip is like a foot hand match on one hold and dynoing off it to the fourth hold maybe on the route. Yeah. And this is what makes it 8A, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you ever try it, it's really worth giving it a go, just trying it at the beta, even just for a couple of moves the way these guys do it. If you're a really keen boulder, it's a really good way of becoming more dynamic. But it's, it's so coordination-based and it is really good fun. So... Have you done it? Have you tried the route? I've, tr I've tried the route yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, actually, I, I have a few athletes that I train doing this and I did get involved and I was much, much slower than these uh, World Cup competitors or Olympic athletes. So I'm not going to tell you my times, but um, it is really good fun and it's surprisingly tiring as well. Just doing laps on that is pretty hard. So these guys are actually going to, guys and girls are actually going to be doing it on heat. So back to back. So even though they might not score the fastest time on the day. As long as they beat the person they're against, that's going to get them through in a much higher mark. So on the on the female side, um, we've got Yanya with 7.9 seconds. Uh, we've actually got the world uh, record holder who's got 6.9 seconds competing in the 20 competitors. But Yanya, who's probably our favorite, we'd probably say. Uh, for the combined. Combined. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. she's got 7.9 seconds that puts her in fifth but then it's really interesting here Miho who actually got a podium in the Salt Lake World Cup recently in speed alone is another really competitive athlete in the combined she's got 8.25 seconds in his sixth in the overall rankings a couple more for example Brooke Rabatou 9.12 seconds puts her in 13th and Shauna is just behind her uh, Shauna Coxie just behind her in 14th as a seeded ranking. Um, I would like to say as well, thank you to UKC because I've got loads of information and it's worth visiting their Olympic format setup here because they've got some good uh, systems on how to seed the athletes. So it's worth checking that out for more details. Cool. I, I wanted to ask, do you think there's a difference? Can you see a difference in any of these athletes in their preparation already? So I think what's interesting about Miho in Salt Lake is she started podium on speed but perhaps maybe didn't do quite as well in Boulder as we'd have expected her to do in that event. Do you think she's going for uh, an approach to be a bit more level through the combined? 
And do you think someone like Migos or, or Andre have just like stuck to their guns and specialised or stayed in their, their disciplines a bit more? I think, um, I think all competitors have got on the speed climb quite a bit, even those that weren't against it. But I think depending on what nation you're competing for, I think there's a different ethos in each nation and each team and also the type of competitor you are. Um, you've pushed that speed practice further and further back or brought it forward. I'd say, like you say, a lot of the Japanese athletes have really got on board this earlier on, done a lot more speed climbing. And I think a lot of the European athletes have pushed it back. The Americans you might have seen in the recent World Cups have put in a really concerted effort in the last year to two years to create a really good team atmosphere and do a lot of discrete training, a lot of competition preparation. So I actually think that they're going to be far more competitive than we might have thought around two years ago for the overall positions as well. So, yeah, I think depending on the athlete and depending on the nation, we're going to see different preparation for that speed versus specialization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Brooke's an interesting example of um, doing really well in lead climbing uh, in, in the past few World Cups. So it'll be interesting to see how she gets on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Boulder next. So Boulder is the next part of the competition. Normal fi- uh, final format, four minutes per problem. And we're going to be looking at extremely difficult to figure out, very droppable climbs. And I think one thing that's quite interesting for people at home is to be like, seeing these difficulties of climbs. But the bit I always personally find interesting and what Josh alluded to is all of these competitors or most of these competitors will be able to climb each of these climbs if they were given unlimited time and without an audience watching. So they're actually not that difficult for these athletes, but the difficulty is trying to do it in a few amount of attempts as possible and trying to do it in that time limit. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of pressure. And uh, I thought this was interesting. Have you seen the skateboarding so far? I haven't actually. No. So they, they competed uh, the other day. They were one of the first sort of days of the Olympics. And I think it is Niger who is, at least was, you know, touted as the best skateboarder. He was expected to just go in and crush it. And he didn't even podium. And he kind of like messed up in the day and it all flipped around. So we might see the same thing happening with some of these climbers just because they might been on the world podium in the olympics it's like it's quite a big thing so skateboarding is also a new event this year it wasn't in the olympics before the same thing's just happened to climbing so maybe we'll see people even in their preferred events just like succumbing to the pressure yeah and i think you'll see loads of those individual characteristics of people that are far more relaxed doing well and maybe some of those people that are more underdogs in the situation actually coming forward and i think we've seen in some of those recent world cups it all comes down to the setting at the end of the day. The setting might be a bit easy and therefore it's a flash competition. So that means whenever the coaches or athletes talk about a flash competition, it means pretty much whoever's flashing the problems is going to be winning. And as soon as you start dropping, you're going to be going down to the podium and then off the podium. And it's all about attempts more than anything else because the problems are easy enough for everyone to do. If it becomes more of a challenging competition, the problems are much harder. You'll see something like, I believe it was the second Salt Lake World Cup where we had, I think it was one top and one zone, something like that for the first place, uh, for the men's anyway. And it means that you're going to be a lot more about how far you get up the wall. And it doesn't matter so much about attempts, it's going to be about zones and tops. So what you're looking for is how many people are going to get to the top. And if you start seeing loads of tops happening, it's how many attempts really. And then the zones as well. Uh, I was just 
thinking again with you saying it's, it comes down to difficulty and attempts, do you think it's going to be a softer set because of the weather? It's so hot at the minute over there. Like watching all these events, everyone's just like in a furnace. And obviously when it comes to Boulder, it's all about intensity and like difficulty. So conditions are going to make the biggest impact in this such marginal part of the event. Yeah, it's a really, really hard one for the setters this because yeah. obviously a lot of the styles of holds these days are very macro holds, are very big and friction dependent. So they've got to take into account the conditions. Obviously we saw in Innsbruck early in the year that um, they had a lot of wet weather as well and they were just throwing chalk onto holds. It was really slippy. So they need to take this into account that if they get it slightly wrong, it could change the competition and flip it on its head. So... I'm not sure how it's going to play actually just yet because for me, the setters versus the climbers, it's a game of cat and mouse. So every time the, the, the climbers start to get better or get really used to a certain style of move, the setters need to change direction and sort of duck and weave around the, the competitors' uh, abilities. So you might have seen this around a year or two ago with crack climbs being brought into competitions. A load of the competitors that hadn't done much outdoor climbing or less of it in that style didn't know how to climb it. It was a great tool for the sets to use. Now everyone's used to it. Are we going to see any more of that again in the future? Maybe a bit, but not as much as we thought we might. So with the style of climbs and the holds being used, those conditions are going to play a massive role. So they might have had an idea about what type of moves they want to do. That I'm sure they've already been practicing for months and maybe even a year on that wall. Um, but moving forward, I'm not sure what kind of competition it's going to be. They might have to tweak it like the day before based on weather. Yeah, yeah, last-minute changes. So who's, who's your favourites for the Boulder event? Um, so favourites for the bouldering event, I'm going to say for the men, I'm going to have to put up Andre and Tamara up there. Yeah, those are my two. And sure. I would actually put the person who's ranked second as overall in uh, climbing uh, competitive history for Boulder is Jan Hoyer. So I'm going to throw him into the mix for one of the better ones in the bouldering actually because I think on his day he is one of the better competitors I think Jakob's obviously very good and very consistent but one of the most experienced probably coming into it yeah I, but I think in the boulder he might not be someone quite uh quite up there and not in this competition anyway I think we can see him getting frustrated in some competitions I've definitely seen that personality come through yeah. where like other competitors might be just a little bit more calm like Tomoa seems to always just be very calculated and maybe that will play off in in the Olympics yeah and I think we should I'm, I'm not as clued up on who's better at performing the heat but we've got to take that into consideration and the style of competition and style of movement we're expecting so so first bouldering uh, bouldering competition in the Olympics it's got to be spectacular so whoever's good at that dynamic poppy style will probably come out on top here because people want to show and the setters are going to provide that. And I mean, you've got like Andre, who's probably not the best at that dynamic coordination style, but then Tomoa's that's, that's his bag, isn't it? That's what he's really good at. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I think in the, the females competition, Yanya is obvious favorite for me. I think she's consistent. She's always performing at high standard. And to be honest, I think a higher standard than the rest of the field still. Um, I'm going to give Brooke, um sort of a good shout out there because i think she's progressing really really well depending on the style of setting i think she'll do amazing if there's any that's on the wall for her to stand in she's definitely going to be doing really well yeah and then i would say miho is going to come out as well i think she'll do well in this 
she's very relaxed. She's on top of things. And hopefully being a home Olympics isn't going to play with her head too much. Yeah, more pressure, if anything. But Yeah, hopefully hopefully she'll, she'll do well in this and, and have a good showing. So lastly is the lead climbing. So six minute cutoff time. It's going to be a long, steep wall. Um, and we're looking at somewhere between 40 and 60 moves. So pretty much the higher up you get, the more points you get. And the really nice images they have now in the World Cup series, which you'll see in the Olympics, I'm sure, is a little tally up. So every move they make, they'll get an extra score and you'll see them working up the wall. And every attempt of holding a hold in control and making a movement off it is a plus score. So you'll see 26 or 26 plus, depending where they held it and moved off. Um, so I think for that, it's a really nice thing for people to watch and having it as the final thing will add a lot of drama. And even though you might have some favorites in this, uh, I don't know if you saw that recent competition with Andre slipping off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right at the beginning, it was kind of unexpected. He actually did it twice. Yeah. The second time he didn't hold it. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he was distracted with what was going on at home in his home country or whether he just wasn't feeling it on the day, but that really means it can flip its head. It was also like a thunderstorm at the time, <laughs> raining yeah, a yeah. lot. So yeah, maybe conditions also got the better of him. Exactly. So this will be the final bit of the competition. And same thing again, I'm going to say Yanya for me in this and maybe Jesse Pilts uh, for one and two in the women's on the lead side. And then the men's, oh, I'm not sure actually. I think what I'm going to What about Brooke though? Brooke's done really well in lead recently. Yeah, I'd, I'd throw her into the mix. I mean, she's pretty new to to that side of the competition, particularly even as an adult. But I think her experience as a climber is just showing really, really well in this season. Yeah. Um, and then Andre Jakob. And then I'm not sure tomorrow will podium in the lead, but I think he will get a good enough score for the combined, which will be really good to see. Yeah. Um, I think Shauna uh, will do pretty well across the board. But um, it's really hard to judge her form at the moment just because of like she's had quite a few difficult months with different things going on for her in terms of injuries and so on. So I'm not sure about her form right now, but it's a tough I, call. Yeah, hopefully she'll um, she'll pull it out of the bag and, and perform to her best, which is what everyone here in the, the UK is, is psyched for at least. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously you've got the, the qualification round and then they've got to go through it all again in the final. So six men, six women. So um, actually what might be playing in their favour in this circumstance is there's not a semi-finals round. So these competitors will be used to doing the combined format because this has been a feature of a lot of the World Cups recently and in the qualification events. So they're used to doing the combined format where they might have done a qualification of semi-finals and a finals with all three events. That's a lot of climbing, but it's still a lot of climbing now. How is that going to play into like how they're performing in that final event. Yeah, so normally they'll be doing those uh, disciplines individually and then they'll be brought forward for the for the combined final. And usually they'll be doing those different disciplines, like you say, qualification, semi for Boulder and then final for Boulder again. And I think they'll all have trained specifically for the recovery needed for this just qualification and final round. Um, but I think it will put a lot more pressure on that qualification in itself because Sometimes you see this a lot in competitions and I know domestically we get this a lot where athletes feel like they've made it when they get to the finals and they relax, which can either help them or hinder them in the finals. So I think a lot of the pressure for these athletes is to make sure they get through that qualification. And what I'm really hoping for is those athletes that really want to stand out and we know that will be really good to, 
to provide as a good final actually get through and they don't make any mistakes because one thing that's really interesting is obviously the qualifications has been intercontinental say continental championships so we've got a lot of variety in the type of uh, athletes coming and they might not be a normal world cup finals list so we're going to see a big mixture of abilities but the problems and the routes involved are still going to have to be at that top level so I think for men, it's around 8C plus to 9A that they're trying to on-site in terms of that lead climbing route. And for women, it's around 8B plus to 8C plus, sort of in those, that grade range. So I think some of the competitors that have qualified might find that particularly challenging, but it's really going to separate the field in terms of the top athletes. Particularly those speed climbers, which maybe have not actually had as much experience in the lead climbing and bouldering. Yeah. They're going to be going into very quickly an event where it's, absolutely like world-class uh, difficulty yeah exactly and i think it's this is why it's really important that that qualification round allows us to get through those athletes that might really struggle in the final and provide us with a good spectator um spectation good thing to spectate <laughs> for people watching the olympics and in that final six we've got a load of athletes to come really perform and show off because we want a nail-biting finish and i know us here at Lattice, we're going to get together, have a barbecue and put it up on a big projector on the finals day. And we're really psyched to have sort of a, a full day of watching, going through and seeing who's going to come out on top. So who's your uh, prediction for first first or the podiums? What do you reckon? Uh, I think... Or, or who do you want? It's, it's got to be Yanya for the women, I think. Um, she's just consistently like up there, almost untouchable in lead climbing, I think. And she's, in, you know, some of those bolder competitions she's been untouchable as well. And seeing how well she's doing on the speed, it's a bit of a no-brainer for me to put my money there. Um, and then, I, yeah, I've just got to say, Andra, Adam Andra for the men's. Just again, like, he's up there in bouldering and he's up there in lead consistently. Um, and I think as long as he can have a good speed run, then it's going to be it's going to be in the bag for him as well. Cool. Oh, there you go. That's who you're going to go to the bookies and put your money on, based on Josh. <laughs> if you have any problems, you can email them afterwards and ask your money back. Cool. So hopefully that gives you a little bit more information about the format involved and who we've got sort of in our seedings and ordering of who we expect to do well. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll do an analysis afterwards. Yeah. We're looking to get some setters in to talk about the Boulder Problem set and we'll try and give you a load of information after the event as well. All right. Thanks very much for watching. Cool. See you next time.